This is the Magic Memories Podcast, a look back at 31-plus years of magic history. On this week's edition, two magic legends and two best friends, Dennis Scott and Shaquille O'Neal, sit down to discuss their memories from those wonderful 90s teams, including a run to the NBA Finals and Shaq's eventual exit from the Magic organization in the city of Orlando. So sit back and enjoy. This is the Magic Memories Podcast. Do you remember the conversation you had with your family when you were leaving LSU saying, I'm going to put my name in the draft. Three years of college is enough. I'm ready for the NBA. Actually, I didn't think I was ready mm. because my sophomore year, Christian Leitner told me a new one. Mm-hmm. Here's the footage right here. But then you know me. My junior year, I said, let me give it back to him. Okay. So then I went back and I watched the tape, and I heard my friend Dick Vitale say, let me tell you something about this Shaquille O'Neal, baby. If he decides to go now, he's going to be the number one pick. So I knew that. I'd either be number one, number two, number three. So then I'm watching the draft. I'm like, okay, Orlando, Charlotte, Mm -hmm. and what, Minnesota? Minnesota, that's right. Never been to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Too cold in Minnesota. Okay. I'd like to get that Orlando call. Had you ever been to Central Florida before? No, but I, hey, who doesn't love Mickey Mouse? I know where Mickey Mouse lives at. You know where Mickey Mouse lives at. So we at the house, and then like 30 minutes later, I get a call. It's from Mr. DeVos. Mm. And he said, hello, Shaquille, my name is Mr. DeVos. I own the Orlando Magic. We want to fly you down. So you know me, I, I ain't know nothing about private planes. I said, well, they got Southwest, <laughs> they got Delta. He said, no, no, we're we going to pick you up. First time seeing a private plane. Mm. And so we, we flew, me, my mother, my father, and we came out to Orlando. And they wanted me to try out. Always, that, that, that workout, yeah, yeah. Always you was like no. Yeah, I always tell my tell my kids. I think I'm the only guy who never tried out. And I politely told him, I said, "Sir, I don't need to try out. Once I come here, I'm gonna let it be known who I am and what I'm trying to do." So I like your confidence. You don't have to try out. So he said, "We're gonna draft you." You know, we we hung out and you know he showed me around the city. I got to meet my boy Mickey and his wife, Minnie. <laughs> I got to see them all, and we just had a great time, flew back home, and he said, we're gonna pick you. So from that time on to the day of the draft, I was nervous. I Why was you nervous? You, you thought they may change their mind or something? No, because, you know, I'm a, a conspiracy theorist. Okay. So I was like, I don't want to drive in my car and somebody sideswipe me. I didn't leave the house. My father was like, God, I was like, nah. I'm not messing up my draft. <laughs> so I stayed in the house, and then it was the first time that the draft wasn't held in New York. I was like, here we go. Here we go. We're going way up to, I think it was in Portland. I said, here we go, something's going to happen. And that's why if you look at when they said in the first pick, it's Shaquille O'Neal, I said, who, me? Who, me? Yeah. I, that's you know, everybody was saying it was going, but I didn't believe it. And you've been known, me and you've been best friends for 30, 35 years. I don't celebrate something until it happens. Right. So when, when he said, okay, Kill O'Neal first pick, it was a, but now I said, okay, now I'm here. So we didn't waste any time. I said, let me, let me get down to Orlando. I drove, I had a Ford Explorer, Burgundy Ford Explorer, and I drove and we didn't know nothing about anything. So I stayed at the airport Hilton mm-hmm. and nobody called me. Only thing called me, nobody called me. I'm in there and I don't, I don't, I don't even think I left the airport. I'm just <laughs> waiting for a training camp to start wherever. We can go look for houses. And then I get a call, bring your ass downstairs. I'm like, who is this? D. Scott, this is your teammate. 
I'm like, who? Dennis Scott, we bust your ass in the, I'm like, oh, 3D, yeah, y'all beat us. So you picked me up. That's right. And you showed me what it was to be a pro. You showed me where I should live at, this house right here. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. You showed me who to talk to, who not to talk to, what clubs to go to, this and that. And that's when I learned how to become a professional because of you. But, you know, I think you guys understood and knew that I was serious about getting to the next level. See, my thing wasn't about just being a great player. I always tell people this and they look at me like I'm weird. Growing up, I used to watch karate movies. Mm-hmm. And what I got out of karate movies is, you could be a nice fighter, but you ain't the man until you take out the master. So I had a big list ahead of me. Mm-hmm. First, I had to get through all the bigs. Ewan, Robinson, Duckworth, Olajuwon, right? And I thought, you know, may put my name on that level. Now I'm going for everybody. I'm going for Barkley. I'm going for Malone. I'm going for Jordan. I want the title as the best player in the game. Uh, you guys, you really kept me focused and kept me out of trouble. When I was watching Golden State the other day in preseason, they were really clicking in preseason. I said to myself, I know how that feels. It feels good to have three or four good players on the court mm-hmm. and the game just be so easy. Like right. Kevin Durant, the game is so easy for him now. That's right. crazy. Right. Like he's just moving the ball, get it, get to a spot, shooting the shots. Like, man, I, I know that feeling and I miss that feeling. And had great times in Orlando. What did it make you feel like when you got off that plane for the first time after the draft and they put the Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse hat on your head and, and the parade? Did that make you feel good that this small, small market was embracing you in a big way? It made me feel good because I think they appreciated my hard work. They knew that I was going to be something. Mm-hmm. They knew that we were not going to be 15 and 65 again. They knew that. Right. They, they, Maybe maybe 30 games, maybe 40. <laughs> we know this kid gonna give us some extra game, but I think we had a 26 game increase. Yep. And we would have, we probably would have made it to the playoffs, but you missed a couple games, I missed a couple. We were 41 games. and 41. Yeah, we were 41 and 41. After your rookie year, you come back and scoring, blocking shot. It's like your game went to a whole nother level. What happened that between that summer that gave you extra confidence? I had a teacher by the name of Dennis Scott, and he would always sit me down and say, "All right." You came in, you tried to dunk everything, but look what this guy's saying about you. I ain't got no moves, I got a lot of moves. I don't work hard, we like to party. Okay, so I I knew I had to take my game to the next level. And like I always wanted to be able to pop out and do all that stuff, but one, you guys wouldn't let me. And two, I realized that the power game was gonna be my game. But you can't power all the time. Every now Mm -hmm. and then you had to turn it off Hit him with a little jump hook, a little, little turnaround. So we worked out. We worked out here, me and you. Worked out in L.A. with Magic. And we just kept playing. And I knew my game had to get better for us to go to that next level. You also taught me how to be a general manager. I remember when you was like, hey, man, you got to start using your powers. Because I'm a look, I'm a son of a drill sergeant. I take orders, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. I remember you coming and saying, hey, man, we need some players, and you're the only one that can get them. I was like, what do you mean? Like, you're going to have to start. You have to become a little bit more arrogant. I said, well, I don't do that. He said, well, you're going to have to do that. You're the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the leader? He said, yeah, you're the leader. Everybody look up to you. So it was the first time I tested the waters. I was in L.A. shooting a movie called Blue Chips. And they put some 6'9 kid on my team. Mm-hmm. I thought he was an actor. But I was, mm-hmm. you know, running, trying to get in shape. And every time I put my hand up, the pass would be perfect. So after three days, I was like, damn. That, that dude should be in the NBA. He's an actor. He's nice. <laughs> so then I asked one of the guys, I said, yeah, who, who is that guy? 
So that's Penny Hardaway. I said, who is that? He said, he's from Memphis. So, you know, I went back and, you know, general manager, boom, 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 what pick do we have? <sighs> I don't know yet. So then, you know, did the movie and then came around that, I think we had the first or the third pick. Had, yeah, had the first, first pick. pick. Yeah, first, we had the first pick. pick. And everyone's yeah. saying Chris yeah. Webber. Yeah, we had the first pick again. Everybody was saying Chris Webber. And I remember getting that text from you. Hey, man, do your job, general manager. That was when they had them big um, time ports. Mm-hmm. So I called John Gabriel and I put my arrogant hat on. I said, hey man, there's this guy named Penny Hardaway. And if you're looking for the next Magic Johnson and Kareem, I think you should sign him. I mean, I know we all like Chris Webber, but that ain't the move to go. And he said, I'll take care of you, Shaq. So it was over. So then we had a party at the house here. I was in this room actually. We was watching this TV right there. So when they drafted C-Web, I tore my house up. And my phone yeah, rang. Yeah, I'm <laughs> tables. I'm like, this, boom, 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 disrespecting it. Because I was, you know, because I was in my general manager. Right. Then. So I start tearing stuff up. And then I said, wait, wait. A trade is happening. And then I see Penny Hardaway walk up there and they trade. I was like, wow. So then, because in my mind, from, from doing the whole movie with him, I was like, we could be the next Magic and Kareem. Right? So then mm-hmm. we got that. And then uh, I think, did we get Horace the same year too? The next year. Yeah, so, so yeah, we got that and we, we made it to the first round and got swept or second mm-hmm. round. There you go, yep, got swept. So then I was like, matter of fact, you, you was like, hey man, we need another piece. You was the one, so if I was a general manager, <laughs> I think it's safe to say you was the assistant general manager. Right. Because you came over here because you used to live around the corner. That's right. You said, hey, Horace, Horace Granite ain't, ain't happy no more, you need to call him. I said, how the hell am I going to get the number? And you said, hold on. And then I don't know who you called. And then, we talked to Horace, and then I called John again. I said, Horace Grant's not happy. We need to get him. And once we got that piece, we was on our way. Did you ever feel that as we were growing as a team that this city doesn't understand how big we could have been if we could have stuck together? I think they know how big we could have been. I think, you know, they, the games were always packed. We, we gave them an exciting show. I just wish that the business of basketball would happen 10 years after. I wish they'd make a room. Once you get drafted, you got to stay there 10 years, or even five or six or right. seven, just 10 years. Because I think that's what kind of messed us up. And then us not communicating. You know, me and Penny Hardaway, we, we already had this talk, but it was more of us thinking about useless titles mm-hmm. than about what we could have did for each other and for the city. Uh, the useless title of who's the man. Right. Like. I was the man, but his people was telling him he was the man. Right. So then when he got more money than me, you know me, Shaqonomics. <laughs> <laughs> if you get 100 million, I gotta get 150. So, so that was my whole thought process. But instead of communicating, I was like, you know, I still have my, my, my 24-year-old arrogant hat on. I was like, oh, y'all don't wanna pay me? Somebody's gonna pay me. Now, early in your career, everything's growing in this phenomenon of Shaq the celebrity. Did you realize then your celebrity status is about to go out the roof? I don't look at myself as a celebrity. So it's probably something that I've never thought, thought about. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, growing up in the military and being able to move every four years and dealing with all types of people. First thing we were taught in my house was honor and respect everybody. Especially man and woman. So. But, but Shaq, come on now. I know the camera's rolling, but, yeah, but everywhere we went though, people were chasing the bus. 
They went from five people. Like, Come on, was Nick and I, and yes, we were the young guns before the knuckleheads were created by you. There were fans waiting on us. But when you came, it became mobs of people chasing our bus. You had to know your status was taking us to another level. I kind of knew it was taken to another level, but then I said to myself, okay, we are responsible for giving these people a good show. Right. That's why I always did a lot of silly stuff in the game. Me and my father went to a game one time and he had to borrow money to watch the Spurs play. So we get there and it's a terrible game. Right. So you know my father, you don't really smile, just... If you ever make it to this league, people pay all this damn money to watch a good show, make sure you put on a good show. So the more people that flock to us, I said, you know what? We gotta give these people a show. That's why we used to do the knuckleheads, mm -hmm. and, you know, dance on the tables and, you know, talk to the kid, ride through the neighborhood, do all that stuff. Again, I don't really look at myself as a celebrity. There's nothing I'm really worried about. I just said, hey, they like me. You know, they like what I do. It's my responsibility to give them a show. And some people never believe this, though. And you've said it many times. Why has music been so important to you? And why was it so important for us to be on the back of the plane recording music and listening to songs and how that kept you loose and engaged? It wasn't about music, it was about maximizing my potential, okay. taking advantage of opportunities. I never wanted to be a rapper. But when I did the Arsenio Hall show, he said, hey, why don't you be on the show? This is me testing my powers out early. I said, look, I don't want to throw enough $2,000 suit, have boring talk, and then that'd be it. I want to do something different. So he said, whatever you want to do. I said, I want to rap with my favorite rap group. He said, all right, do it. So I went up there with Fushnikins and I killed it. And the next day, I got a recording contract mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for five albums. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to turn that down. <laughs> I remember. But then I said to myself, you know, I don't think I could do five albums by myself. That's what means you came up with the concept. Why don't you put all your favorite rappers on it? Yep. And I'm blessed to have the studio right over there. Notorious B.I.G. Yep. Nas. Yep. Fat Joe. Big Pun. Mob Deep. Peter Guns, Lord Tariq, Eric Sermon, Red Man, all the people that we had on up, DJ Quick. What was our favorite one we shot though? On the road, in the middle of the season. Everyone was mad at us. Skills? Nope. No, that's a video that you that was, we, we was in California, we was in LA, but yeah. it was a different one we shot though. Which one? We were in Portland. Oh, no hooks with Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> ah, Wu-Tang Clan, that was, now that's the week I'll yeah, never, cool. ever, ever forget. So you know, a lot of people, oh, he's, he wants to be, nah, I never wanted to be a rapper. Just like I never wanted to be an actor. Mm -hmm. But I know how I wanted to look on the screen. So after I bust out those few commercials, right. I got calls and you know, all children out there, you take advantage of opportunities because we don't get a lot of opportunities to do stuff like that. So, right. you know, and a lot of people, he's not concentrating. If you're not an athlete, you, 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 you don't understand that you can only work out two, three hours a day. Right. Right? So for us, that's 10 to 1. So what you want me to do from 1 to the rest of the day? Just sit and not do nothing? Right. Nah, it, it don't work like that. So I was just taking advantage of opportunities and, and having fun. But in the back of my mind, I realized, like, hey, if you average 25 this year and you're doing all this stuff, you're going to have to average 28, 30 next year. Or right. the people are going to start to say you're not concentrating. So every time I miss a free throw, if he wasn't in the damn studio rapping, right? Right. Every time, so that was my only, my only crutch in my basketball life. But other than that, I, uh, I was able to do it my way. I had a great teacher, a guy by the name of Sensei Dennis Scott. He always kept me on the track. He always, he wasn't, he wasn't a, a yes teammate. Like he, he would come and say, hey, 
And I know you're sitting right here. I don't know how they're going to cut this, but he was always the one who, who kept me alive. And that's why we've been best friends ever since. Because we could just be honest with each other. Yep. Hey, man, you hanging out too much. Or, hey, you, you know, you're shooting too many fadeaways. Get your big ass inside. So, if we had, like, I, I, I said this before and I only said it once. I think if, if we would have stayed, I think we would have we been Kobe and Penny rather than Kobe and Shaq. You know, a lot of people didn't leave when I said it, but he mm -hmm. was really that good. And you know, he's one of those great players, him and Grant. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a respectable if by the name. Right. So it's a lot of if player, but right. these two, they got, they're like the general of, of the ifs. Like if Grant didn't get injured, Oof. and if Penny didn't get injured, boy, would probably still be playing. Speaking of that, I think of All-Stars. It seems like early in your career, you had more fun the All-Star game representing the Magic versus later in your career. Did you see any difference or were you just being young having fun? The difference was I'm a karate student, but now I've been enrolled into the class with all the masters. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna have fun, but I'm studying it. Now look at Mike. He's so serious when he approached the game. Mm. Look at Barkley. Barkley's so silly, but he's still dominating. I think I'm gonna add that to my game. So your first four or five yeah, years I'm, being All-Star with the Magic, you were studying. I'm, I'm having fun, but like I'm studying the greats. Because I know we had our stuff when we, mm -hmm. we walked in, but when I get to the All-Star game, I'm at the bottom. It's hey Shaq, oh my God! I'm like, that's what I want right there. I want that. Ah. So I'm looking at Mike. Mike, serious in the mug. Let me get that. Barkley, silly ass, but he's still dominating. I'm gonna add that. Patrick Ewing, every time he scores, he make the mean ass faces. I'm gonna take that. <laughs> David Robinson, he run like a deer. I'm going to take that. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Boy, in there, close up. Now I know what I got to do to be that. So that's, that's what I was doing. But yes, I was still representing us and representing the Magic. And it was just telling me that all the people that I trusted, mother, father, you, agent, family and friends, that the, the advice they was giving me was working. Because again, I, I came into the league, I didn't want to be just another guy in the league. Right. Because when you're a youngster and you have dreams, two things gonna happen. You're either gonna fulfill them or you're not gonna fulfill them. But we're not gonna quit, right? So I boldly said I want to be the best big man ever. Now you got to back it up, big dog. So that was my whole thought process. Speaking of dreams, I remember we were trying to find some clothes for you. Took you to the Florida Mall, go into I think it was called Park Avenue, and there was this little chubby boy in there. We were like, he looks familiar. Then later on that night, we saw him as a ball boy. How do you remember all this? I don't remember I, none of this. I, I, hey, I just, man, we got, I, something going on in this big old head. We, used to, we went a couple classes. Can I get the, can, can I get a copy of them pills you took? <laughs> yeah. oh, nothing. And it was DJ that. Khaled. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. How crazy is that? I'm talking about dreams like that, yeah. that relationships, and at that time, He's, Orlando Magic was so young, and then here we are being exposed to so many different things. He's done well for himself. and. Uh, you know, he's always had that, 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 that work ethic. I remember mm -hmm. he used to give us his Remember he used to always give us a yeah, CD, so always, always CD, so. I'm like, come on, man, rebound the ball. Nah, yeah. man, take my CD. Yeah, he always had that work ethic, and I'm, I'm very proud of him, and he's doing his thing. But we done, we done came across a lot of people, and I'm sure we, we, we helped a lot of people. He, he always uh, shout me and you out in mm -hmm. his interviews, but yep. yeah, those was good old times. Do you remember our finals run? It was all McGriff, Tiger. Like, it seems like 
Because at the time, you, you and I weren't big baseball guys. And we kept saying, why are all these baseball players coming to our games? Why is Tiger Woods, all these golfers coming to our game? Most of that was because of you. Do you realize that? Because of us. There is no me. There ain't no ME in team, even That's though there true. is an ME. <laughs> it was all about us. We, we, we gave them a good show because we, we, we did want to win. We gave them a good show. And because of me and you, everybody moved in Outworth. That's right. Tiger, I'm not going to shout all the people that moved in there, but I remember I had the little house. And then once I got that new money, I, I got the big house. And then, right. you know, Tiger was here. And, Kendrick Speaking of that, Andre Reese said hello. Yeah, yeah, Andre Reese. Everybody yep. was, they started coming in. So we, I kind of, kind of knew this was coming a mini Miami, maybe mm-hmm. a mini LA. Right. Like a mini, mini Hollywood. And we wanted to, it, it should look, water everywhere. Nightclub life was rocking. I drive was rocking. Everything was flowing. And the finals run, we, we made a very crucial mistake. And you learn from this, because I can remember, I remember this, I don't remember a lot, but I can never remember us, coaching staff, ownership, I can never remember anybody saying, let's win a championship, mm. right? Everybody would say, let's just make it to the finals. Make it to the finals. Right? Good and remember, we, we flew through the Eastern Conference, so we had a couple of days off. Speaking of flying through the Eastern Conference, how, was it, how much fun was that closing out the Boston Garden? Oh, closing out the Boston <laughs> Garden was good. <laughs> that, that was, was funny, I'll never forget that, yeah. And I win, I win money at this all the time. I ask people, who's the last player to beat Michael Jordan? Nobody knows. Oh, uh, uh, uh. said, bet me. Oh, he never lost a new player. Oh, real? Mm-hmm. You might want to uh, call your girlfriend Google. There you go. Or call her sister Bing. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we always win money on that. But <clears throat> if you can remember, we had a couple days off, mm-hmm. right? Too, we had like too much time off. Too much time. Too much time. And, I ain't no snitch, but I was partying with my best friend. We were partying a lot. <laughs> was it was it Waterworld yeah, out there yeah, on that water yeah, somewhere? Yeah, we, was, <laughs> we was out on the Cedars. We was going to the club. Because we had like three days off before it was time to get focused. So right. you know, we were good at having fun and then turning it back on. Right. So then we you know, we turned it back on. The finals is here. I playing against King. We used to kill them in the preseason. We straight. Mm-hmm. About to get us some rain. We did, get, we, we did getting our, sized up. We did a championship song, me and you. D Show. We, <laughs> we did a championship song. Get already, a little bit of magic tonight. tonight. We already had Everything will be all right. So, yeah, I remember we, uh, that. Then we get in game one, everything's going, and then this happened. What happened? This. Oh. We, we were up, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we doubled the king. And then, oh boy, pump fake, mm-hmm. shoot a three, this and that, and we still close, and then we missed a free throw down there, and I think that right there took the steam out of us. We lost, we lost I thought, some of the belief then. Yeah. And and all the things we had fought for to yeah. get to that point. And then game two, they were so loose, we couldn't do nothing. And then game three and four, and then we got swept, and it took us three hours to get from the, the arena, because everybody had brooms on our on our bus, so glad social media wasn't around then. So so glad social media wasn't around then. Like we couldn't move. Like, everybody had sweet, 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 sweet. And then I realized that you may be the shack, but you still ain't that good. Right. Still ain't that good, buddy. Who who gave you the confidence? Because I know you're a confident guy that you really wanted to give back to the community. 
you, you connected right away with Shaka Claw, Shaq's Thanksgiving. I mean, the list went on and on for here in Orlando, and people still talk about how you touch the community while you're here. Well, mother and father. You know, they said, if you always, I got three stories, so I'm gonna just, you know, make them quick. Story number one, father gets some extra cash. He said, let's, let's go get something to eat. Now keep in mind when I say go get something to eat, it's not a sit down restaurant, it's right. McDonald's, White Castle, Burger King, you know, he, so we go to White Castle, Newark, New Jersey. So he gets six double cheese, I get six double cheese, we don't finish them. So, you know, you, you know how we do as black people, leftovers like a mug, right? So right. I, I get the four burger, I'm like, I'm gonna eat this tonight. Right. After I watch Samson and Sunday Good Times, <laughs> put it in the oven, had me another meal. Right. So we ride up, and my dad sees this homeless guy, army vet, will work for food. So my father pulls over, come on, get out, get the dude the food. And then my mom like, yo, why are you, why are you giving the dude my burgers? Good time about to come on in 10 minutes. Let's go, man. So we get back in the car, and he's like, if you ever make it big time, you can help somebody out, make sure you always do it. So that's why I really like taking care of homeless people. Mm because it connects with one time, I had a bad game, we was playing somewhere, and we flew home and he was at the house waiting for him. He said, you, what happened, you felt the pressure? And I said, yeah, it was a mistake. He said, mm. you felt pressure, get in the car. So we rode somewhere in downtown Orlando, it was a homeless family there. He said, I've been taking care of the family once a week, this is pressure, get your ass out. So I had to get out and he left me there. And back then, wasn't no Uber. Right. Lucky I had my cell phone. Yeah. Um, so I can call Kenny or Kenny who get me. But I'm, I'm sitting there with the family, and I was like, you know what? I'm making all this money. I got 50 commercials. I just went platinum. I ain't got no pressure. Pressure is when you don't know where your next meal is coming from. That's right. So that helped me get, get rid of pressure. But I always love taking care of homeless people. So the Shaka Claus thing started was my mother was down in Pine Hills. And she went to this uh, boys and girls club. It was like a thousand kids. So, you know, my mom, I, I take care of her very well. So she, all the kids were saying, we're not getting nothing for Christmas. Right. So my mother called me and said, baby, I, I need to borrow some money, which she never does. And I said, what's wrong? She said, I, uh, I gotta get these kids some toys. I said, I'll take care of it. She said, what do you mean take care of it? I didn't have a plan. So that's when me, you, a couple other people went to the U-Haul place, rented some U-Haul trucks, and we just mm -hmm. wiped toys all us out. That's how Shaka Claw started. And uh, the third story, homeless thing, I forgot the third story. So, yeah. That's how we're getting old. Yeah, we are getting old. So the third story is gonna be this. Why did you keep this beautiful home in Orlando so long after you left? I kept it because it's my first home. Mm -hmm. My mother lives around the corner. That's right. And my family's still here. I put it on the market, I, I damn near almost cried. But when you get older and you become more wiser. So I'm in Atlanta with you now. Mm -hmm. uh, about 200 days out of 300 days, so I don't really come here a lot, so it's just sitting. So I just put it on the market and see if I get any bites. Hope I don't get any bites. Hope I get to keep it forever. Do you think that we're seeing the new Shaq, so to speak, oh, post-basketball? No. Because oh, you're still... I, I you're about, no, no, I, I know. You, you no, because you're still doing... Every time I cut the TV on, every fifth commercial is Shaq. TNT during the season, you, you're having a good time. It seems like we're seeing more of Shaq versus in Orlando, you were Shaquille. It's just that I'm amazed and I'm blessed that little children know me that have never seen me play. That's because of social media. And, right. 
all the commercials I do, and because of TNT. Mm -hmm. I remember when I had the career-ending injury at Boston, and I was at limbo, didn't know what I was going to do. Had a lot of opportunities, just had to choose one. You came down, Tara yeah. came down, yeah. and you pulled me to the side and said, hey, just listen. All you got to do is listen. So I met with TNT first. I was like, I'm watching DE having a good time. Mm -hmm. ESPN came, and they threw everything. We're going to give you this, we're going to give you that. In my mind, I knew I'm not the black Ernie Johnson. <laughs> I'm not the black Ernie Johnson yet. So, you know, I, I made a quick decision. And you know me, I like taking care of business. I don't want people to negotiate against each other. So I called right. Mr. Skipper from ESPN and said, Sir, I love you. I love your show, but I think I'm going to go with TNT. And, you know, the, the fun that we have over there. I think that's also what's uh, keeping this beautiful face alive. And there was a rumor, you know, because normally we would talk before the game, but you had something to eat or you hung out with somebody before the New Jersey breaking of the backboard. That wasn't even bringing up the You broke the whole apparatus. Take me through the night before or pregame. I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you but I just shortened the story up. Statue of limitations is up. Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Frosted Flakes is the key. Not How much milk? 2% milk because I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> but I had a little refrigerator in the room and I bought some, remember they had the little downstairs yeah, store? Yeah. So I bought some cereal and I bought some Frosted Flakes because uh, milk was extra cold. So I'm biting it and all the feelings in my teeth, I was going. <laughs> so, so you I got guess, sensitive. Yeah, I was eating it, I was eating it. And then I never did like, rest in peace, Dwayne Shenson. Dwayne Shenson. SEC thing. So I remember telling you, I don't care what play they call him, turn five. I'm about, to, I'm about to let this dude know who the baddest man coming out of AC, in the SEC. Because mm -hmm. every time I played against a center, I had to put myself in a different character. Like I always tell the David Robinson story, and I finally confessed to David Robinson, because David pulled me aside one day. He said, Shaq, when you were young, I did sign your autograph. I said, no, I know Dave, I made it up. Right. So I was like, oh, you didn't sign my autograph, I'm gonna kill you. Patrick Ewan, you remember the first yeah, game? Yeah, we in New York, yeah. I was already yeah. mad at him. Akeem, I could never, find myself to get mad at the king. Right. But all the other centers, like Dwayne, oh, I was like, I'm about to kill him. So <laughs> D. Hill was trying to call a play for, I think either Nick or Penny, like, nah, we're not doing that. Right. Turn right. five, so that, that great nutritional breakfast across the flakes. <laughs> and I just went up and I dunked it. And, and, and the crazy thing is I wasn't trying to break it on that one. All the other ones I was trying to break it, but I just had to like go up quick, because he, he was tall to get yeah. like, And then when I went up there, it was just lucky. So you're lucky in New Jersey, and then we get to Phoenix. Now you realize how strong you are. Now you break the hydraulics. You don't break the big, I mean, the whole hydraulics just come down. Frosted Flakes. More extra milk? Not whole milk, 2%. Milk was hot, because you know how hot it is in Phoenix. <laughs> it was so hot in Phoenix, I was saying mirages. No, uh -huh. but it was, uh, yeah, that was my uh, uh, pregame in the morning, Frosted Flakes. Then when it got older, and you know, you. Your body don't work like that anymore. You have to start fruit and you know omelet and all that. But you know me, we we hang out all night and then I wake up, get my cereal, I'm good to go. I do have one more for you, and a lot of people don't believe that when I say this. But we had our ritual on how we drove to the game, leaving Isleworth to get down to Paramore. How much was that for you? A part of your routine that kind of gave you that okay, I'm gonna have a good game tonight because I went through my routine to get to the game. Again, I used to put myself in certain characters. My character going to the game was Caesar. 
Mm. So when I ride through the game, I'm seeing the people. So we take the highway, and you know, me and you would always cut through the hood. You'd be yep. booming in the front, I'd be booming in the back. Yep. And we always had a couple kids that was out there. One of them, Marquise Daniels. Marquise Daniels was always out there chasing us. Yep. He would always say, I'm going to make it to the NBA. We'd be like, get out of here, little boy. Yep. So, you know, it worked. So we go and we just see the people and we stop and we take autographs. That was my, you know, they, hey man, you better win it. Like it was that, 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 that extra motivation. And if it was a traffic jam or something or we had to take a different way, I already knew I was going to have a bad game. Right. I already knew I was going to have a bad game. So that's what we did. That's why we became creature of uh, habits. I call you at 5 and 10. Where you at, man? I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Nah, man, I'm, I'm gone. Like, yeah, you got me. Like, I'm leaving at 520. I'll be there and then. I'd be riding, booming, and I'd look in the mirror, and here you come in your little black. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Like, all right, we're good now. What was going through your mind, you coming back as, as a Laker the first time, knowing everything that you had built here? What was going through my mind is I have to market the game to where we hate each other. Mm. And, but people don't know me, and you hung out all night the night before, <laughs> but I had to, because I want people to watch. Being in LA and being in the league for four years now, I want people to watch this game. Mm -hmm. So a lot of games on today, but I want people to talk this game. Shaq, what's you doing to go back? Man, I hate Penny. I ain't talking to Penny. He dogged me out. What about Nick? I ain't talking to Nick either. What about D? Me and D cool. Like I just had to, you know, mm -hmm. look in the camera. I ain't mess. What about the, the Duval fan? I don't know. Like I had to get people to think. So now when I get back, boo, I was like, it's, it worked. It worked. Cause see, there's NBA life and there's real life. Like people, right. oh, what? When I come home to Orlando, nobody bothers me. What's up, man? How you doing? Right. Like, but right. at the arena, boo, trader, boo, boo. Exactly what I wanted. That's what you want. Exactly what I wanted. But in real life, me and you, after the game, me, my mama, your mom, we back to fried chicken, having a good time. But I think you were the only one that understood the move that, that, that I made. It wasn't about, wasn't about anything but, but, but business. Right. We don't have opportunities to make $100 million. No. At all. No. Right? So no. I can't turn that down. If Milwaukee would have said 125, I'd have been in Milwaukee. You might have thought about it. Though. No, I wouldn't have. You wouldn't thought you no. got some more fur coats. I sure would. Have. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just all and then being a military child, I'm I'm used to moving every four years anyway. I'm not used to like I've been here twenty years. I ain't right. used to this. I'm right. used to buying, right. selling, getting out. So it was a great time. I mean, it's probably, you know, I played for a lot of franchises, but this was the one that, that started off. All my memories are here. And, you know, it's still a, it's still a big respectable if. Because, like, I always like to, what if we would have stayed together? Ooh, you, you, oh, yeah. with that being said, yeah, what, if we what, is, what is your best nickname for Orlando? I had so many. I know, that's right. That's what I'm saying. You, when you said the big respect would make me think of, well, it's, it's, what were your best nicknames here? It's only one, and many have tried to copy, but they, they can't stand up to it. Superman. So Superman is still your best nickname here in Orlando? That's the only nickname, because it can only be one Superman. Can't be two. Do you have a favorite memory, or maybe two memories, being in Orlando? All the memories playing for Orlando Magic were my favorite. So all the games we played, everything you did the four years you were here? Winning against the Bulls. Mm -hmm. that, that was fun. That was a great moment. Carrying off Horace on my shoulders, yeah. that was fun. Going to the finals. Penny dunking on Patrick Ewing. Ooh, yes. You and B-Shaw trying to be the best three-point shooters. You hit seven <laughs> and he hit seven. That's, they had to break his record, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
you know, Latero Green stomping, and <laughs> me and I remember I had a fight with Greg Kite. Greg Kite was like the Terminator. Remember I hit him and he just did like this. Give me some more. I was like, oh, it's <laughs> to be a long day. I mean, it's just how close we were. We didn't. We had little minor problems that could oh, be. Oh my goodness. That could have been addressed. Tell your version of the Scott Skiles fight in L.A. That's the last one we leave on. <laughs> Tell your version, because we all got our version. Tell your version real so quick. So me and D. Scott. <laughs> so it was a doubleheader, right? Two games? No, we just got smoked by the Lakers the night before. Okay, so yeah, that's right. And you didn't want to practice. Yeah, that's what happened. So we were in L.A., and Lakers beat us bad. Beat us bad. So the next day, they called an a emergency practice. Great Western yeah, form. Eight, nine, ten in the morning. Man, I'm not doing that, man. And then Scott Scott said, oh, you prima donnas, you and D. Scott. He remembers, he remembers. You and D. Scott, you the one, because D. Scott was out with me. It was my fault, I dragged him out. He was in the room with the PlayStation. I said, hey man, we about to, about to hit these clubs. So, because I used to just love going to LA. Because you used to see people. We used to see Tom Cruise, everybody, Chris Rock. Everybody. Lovely Holly Berry, we used Oof. to see all that. So, we get to practice and, oh, you prima donnas, you and D. Scott, all you gotta do is party. Y'all don't focus. And I looked at him, I said, say it again, Scott. And Scott was tough. Mm-hmm. So he said it again. I said, say it again, Scott. So I said, so he started running towards me. So I was like, I see all little guys, they try to tackle the big guy. So I just braced myself and I stepped to the side like Holyfield and I hit him with that. <laughs> you know, I got that little hand. He was swinging and I stepped to the other side. <laughs> so then Larry Kostroviak was trying to jump in and he grabbed me. And then somebody grabbed him, and then when we all on the ground, I see you on top of Larry Kostovia. <laughs> and then they broke it up. But the funny part is that is next two days, Scott Scott called my name. Scott was like this. Say, hey, Scott. Hey, Scott, Scott. Huh? <laughs> His neck was stiff because I hit him with that. <laughs> and I stood the other side. <laughs> That's what they used to call me, Shaggy McGregor back in the day. <laughs> Shaggy, do you no, remember Latrio Green running around just trying to yeah, hit people and yeah, tapping was, and running? That was fun, but that's... That's the stuff you gotta go through, because it, it actually made us tighter after that. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff you have to go through, the yep. trials and tribulations, but... Look, it was probably the best four years, the, the easiest four years that, that I had. Because once I got to L.A., it was a whole different ballgame. I, I thought the Orlando Slantino was bad. Oh, the L.A. Times, they used to, ooh. I thought I, I didn't like Brian Schmidt. Right. Them people in L.A., they used to kill me three times worse. And then see, I thought here I was, I was a big fish in a little pond. Right. In LA, I was just one of many crazy big fish in the big ocean. So, you know, it was more pressure when I got to LA, but it was fun. This, this interview was fun. Mm-hmm.